Good morning, everyone. It is a sticky, sticky, muggy, like super muggy. You could probably see by my camera here that there's some serious humidity. Uh, yeah, that just made it worse. There's some serious humidity here. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. That's awesome. <laughs> the cool thing about this computer that I have is this actually doesn't have a fan in it. Uh, so it's actually one of the uh, recommended computers for... Uh, for not uh, not for being in like humid uh, climates is one of the reasons I bought it. So it's really funny. So as you can see by the by the video, it's uh, it's muggy here. We had a big storm roll through last night, and it is uh, it feels like you're walking through pea soup. So pretty cool. After right after this, we have a testosterone webinar we're actually doing that we do weekly webinars. So go to stillmanwellness.com so you can get on next week's webinar, which will be about blood pressure. We're doing weekly webinars uh, to build our courses and add more content to our courses. And for being uh, part of our email list, you get access to those for free. Okay. And then, of course, I, you can always access them through the courses we sell. But we love to provide value for you guys. And, and, and also the value of being on the email list is that if we ever disappear from certain platforms, uh, I'm in Instagram jail right now. So go over to my Instagram, Jim Laird, G-Y-M-L-A-I-R-D. Show me some love uh, because I'm in jail over there. So come on by. I share all sorts of cool stuff on a regular basis. Well, I share a lot of other people's stuff as well. Um, shared a great, great one by Aaron Rodgers, um, which is really fun. Today, we basically have uh, a really hot topic. There was a post on Instagram about a guy who was uh, basically telling anyone that was older that they should <clears throat> avoid being on HRT, the dangers of using testosterone replacement therapy in older men. Yeah. Um, and and obviously there was some really interesting discussion uh, on this uh, on this page. And, and his analogy was that you don't want to give a Model T like uh, what was it like? Uh, you don't want to like boost a Model T's performance. My argument would be you don't ever want to be the Model T. Right. Huh. And and so here here's the here's the, here's, here's the caveat. I would say. There's I've seen thousands of people abuse testosterone like i mean abuse and not have the the negative side effects that these guys had that were not catastrophic a lot of times the catastrophic uh consequences that come from abuse of testosterone are related to other things and behaviors that come with the testosterone abuse so right. it's the classic, not the classic yeah. question do flies cause garbage correct so um my my thing my thing would be, okay, so even in the 1950s, you're looking at the average man's testosterone over a thousand, okay? Or 800 and up. Now the average man's testosterone is 300. We've got 20 year olds with 200. What are the consequences of living a life 30, 40 years when you have nowhere to drop? That's right. right. At least these guys, you know, in the past, like we have, uh, someone we know who's in his 60s who does manual labor who's got like a 900 testosterone at 60 something years of age we have multiple patients who are in the 600 to a thousand range who are over right. 60. right and they've got somewhere to go but you've sure. got these people that are like now they also like, don't have symptoms of deficiency correct then you treat the symptoms not the number right but here's the thing you've got an 80 year old guy who's who, who who's complaining of like he's got bone density issues or he's having you know, he's not feeling good. He's low energy. 
you're not going to put him on super physiological doses of testosterone. <laughs> you're going to start him with a tiny little bit. That's right. And, and, and a lot of people get confused. They think HRT is like bodybuilder, you know, powerlifter uh, tactics, which is like one big dose once a week. You can add like one click of cream for somebody like that a day. And it has like a little boost. You get a little burst just like you would naturally. And, and you're not going to see a lot of the side effects you would from giving somebody like, you know, a CC, like a full, like weekly bolus or every two weeks you get their level way up and then it drops way down. Um, I'll let you comment a little bit on that. Yeah. I mean, this guy, Dan Butner, I think is his name. Uh, he's one of these people who talks about the blue zones. And I wonder, I mean, what these people conclude about life and about health and about fitness based on their analysis of the blue zones just makes me sick because they really leave out this incredible amount of information about what contributes to longevity and vitality in these areas. And there's controversy now about whether or not the blue zones are real or if there's like social security fraud going on in these zones. And I'm not going to weigh in on that because I'm not an expert on it. But, you know, he ended up coming out and saying that using testosterone in older men he said this. I can't believe he said this. He said, we know it shortens their life expectancy. That's ridiculous. We I would don't... Say the I'd say the opposite would be true, wouldn't you? Well, it depends on who you're talking about, right. right? So if you take, and this is why context matters, and this is why these people who come out on social media and say these ridiculous things like, we know this about this. It's like, in what population? In what group of people? And because, how did you well, get your data? Because they don't actually, yes, and that too. What they don't understand is that when you say things like, well, everyone should be eating a plant-based diet. Well, have you met everyone on the planet? Because I know right. a lot of people who do really well on an animal-based diet. Well, and also, what does this plant-based diet mean? Like, and how is animal, somebody that lives in the Himalayan mountains in Mongolia going to like uh, eat a plant-based plant diet? diet. Right. <laughs> exactly. Happen. So these people, they, and I, I've said this many times and I'll say it again, you're either busy getting good or you're busy getting famous. You can't do both. A lot of these people who end up blowing up on social media, they monetize something that allows them to pour money into advertising and then create this perceived authority by the number of followers they have. I've spent a tiny proportion of my business's income on advertising in my life, less than 1% because we do great work and we get referral and we have interesting content and interesting things to say. And so people naturally want to have us on their podcasts or feature us on their websites or their blogs, or we get picked up in the news or whatever. And that's the difference between somebody like people like Jim and I, and somebody like who basically just astroturfs their credibility by monetizing some thing. And a lot of the times this ends up being that they, their narrative fits into a narrative that someone's got an agenda to push. So if you're somebody who's selling a vegan protein powder, it makes sense for you to elevate the voices of people who are, you know, sprouting, spouting the, the praises of pea protein. Because guess what? If you're marking that pea protein up 40 times what it costs for you to wholesale, you can take all that money, you can dump it into advertising, and you'll sell it to people who don't know any better. Right. And they'll think that you're doing them a service and well, they yeah, feel better this... with more protein, even if it's pea protein. Sure. But you're and selling that... them right. a, this ridiculous 
just narrative that's not actually based in reality and that doesn't work for everyone, which is why you'll very rarely see Jim or hear Jim and I saying things like everyone needs to do this. We'll say things like most people or the majority of people. Sometimes we'll say the overwhelming uh, majority of people who we see, we work with, we encounter, we talk to, right? We're always caveating it that way. And we really want you to take seriously the fact that you might not be in that group of people for everything we say, because we see that creating incalculable harm to people. Sure. And so, you know, and, and again, let's go back to just some data, some literature, some information, basic information. When we go back and look at the difference in life expectancy between men in Renaissance Europe who were castrated and did not therefore have any testosterone, and who were not castrated, you see that the men who were castrated don't live any longer. Uh, there's one other study on this that I'm aware of that looked at inmates in uh, psychiatric um, institutions here in the United States, where the men who were castrated, castrated lived longer than the men who weren't in these psych wards or institutions. Um, I don't think that anyone can say definitively that having, and those are two great examples of situations where they took people who you know, had no testosterone and had um, uh, normal testosterone, normal, whatever that means, um, in a relatively large number, not huge numbers. And they looked at, you know, did they, is there a, a life expectancy difference? And we see in one group that there's not a difference. And we see in the other group that there's a slight difference. And, you know, to say that based on limited data sets like we have, that we know that adding testosterone is dangerous is absurd. Now, the other thing is it's not the same thing to take someone who has a low testosterone due to uh, castration or testicular injury or head injury and compare them to somebody over here who has a low testosterone because they're baking an artificial light at night. They're you know exposed to lots of endocrine disrupting compounds. They maybe they have a, a strange, you know, illness that require that, that for some reason causes them to have low T levels. I mean, there's very few examples of that that I can think of. But to say these things like it shortens your life expectancy is absurd because we see for so many men, testosterone becomes a way that we can help them recover their well-being. Um, with the lifestyle changes, of course. With lifestyle changes, with nutrition, with all these other things. And it is really a powerful accelerant to their success and their progress. And the other thing is this. Let's let's take the example of the castrated versus uncastrated singers in Renaissance Europe. They lived in Renaissance Europe. We hadn't invented all these endocrine disrupting chemicals. We were centuries, uh, or not really centuries, but we were not yet fully into the Industrial Revolution. We weren't refining and burning coal, petroleum, gasoline. I mean, the amount of mercury that's been put into the atmosphere and that's now accumulated in our fish. And that's not one of the number one endocrine disrupting compounds. That's why I so am so enthusiastic about looking at toxic metal levels in people, why I'm so excited about doing hair tissue mineral analyses to try and figure out what someone's total toxic burden is, right? You can't compare people in Renaissance Europe to people in 2023. They are not living in the same environment. And that's just the endocrine disrupting compounds. I didn't even mention the EMF and the artificial light at night and the chronic yeah. stress. And, and they're living everything. a more outdoor lifestyle. Yes, and they're I living an outdoor they're... lifestyle. There's more physical activity. There's more natural light. There's they're less eating... chronic stress. Yeah, they're eating. I mean, there's no option. Well, but even in the even in the castrated group, mm -hmm. uh, those people that um, they still make testosterone. You make it with your adrenals when you're castrated. A tiny, right? tiny quantity. So. Yes. 
you know, with them being healthier overall and spending more time outside, they're probably making a decent amount of testosterone, even though they're castrated. But we can't, maybe we can't make that assumption. Okay. Well, that's just my kind of wild. I'd have to go dig. That'd that'd be, that'd be my wild theory. I would be curious to know. It'd be neat to see what those levels would be um, compared to like somebody today. Like, you know, no, I know, which of course we can't do. No, we can't, but it'd be interesting to see because if they're overall healthier and they, they don't have, you know, they're castrated. Right. right. Uh, but would their body be able to make a little bit more testosterone because they're overall just healthier because they're in a better environment? And then the other piece of this conversation is that you have to have a risk benefit conversation with the patient right. because what matters to the patient is not actually longevity. Everybody who comes to us pretty much subscribes to the idea that they want to look and feel as good as they can for as long as possible. Yeah. I don't want to be around if I'm in a diaper. Like that's the thing is, right. We explain to them if your goal is just longevity, you want to live as long as possible. You're going to want to do things like intermittent fasting and calorie restriction that leave you at a relatively low BMI. And you may not actually have a lot of muscle mass. You're not going to look and be a physically impressive man. And if you're okay with that, then that's fine. But I always say to men, I say, look, do you want to be able to pick your wife up and carry her a thought across the threshold of your bedroom? No, what Is if you me- fall? What if you fall down? What if you have some sort of thing where you have to exert yourself physically? There's you know, that you, too, right? You, you might so have, you know. Most men are ready to say, yeah, you know what? I'd rather have two more years of being able to really physically exert myself to be physically impressive five years, 10 years, whatever it is. Um, or I'd rather, I'd rather be more physically impressive and powerful and strong and live slightly less long because the idea of being a little old man doesn't appeal to me. I'd rather, so to speak, die with my boots on, you know, die with my ax sword gun in my hand. Right. Well, and any practitioner that has half a brain is going to realize that as you age, you're going to lower those dosages a little bit. Right. You well, know. you're also going to treat the symptoms though, right? And Correct. that's the other thing is that what are the symptoms? You want to tell me that testosterone replacement is dangerous in a guy who's 50 and has a testosterone of 200 and is so depressed he's looking at his 45 yeah. on his nightstand? Give that's me a, a break. Li- that's a lifesaver. Yeah, you got to give that guy testosterone because even if you carve, even if, even if, and this is a big if, you pull, you take five to 10 years off that guy's life because the high T that you put him up to with your dosing for some reason is bad for him. And again, that's a big if that I don't believe is, is real. Right. Even if you carve years off that guy's life, if he has a full meaningful life, if you save his marriage, if you, if you help him be a better father to his kids, if you help him succeed at work, if you help him fulfill his goals, are you, are you harming him? I don't think yeah. it's fair to say well, that. Because the all. likelihood of a guy with chronically low testosterone, who's depressed in his fifties, making it to 80 is like, I would say statistically very small. Like if you're that depressed and you're that you to the point where you're struggling to get out of bed and you're using caffeine and stimulants sure. to keep going. Yeah. Like a lot of the people that I talk to, they're like, I don't mm-hmm. have any energy, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. then they get on testosterone and they're able to come off the Adderall. They're able to come off the Modafinil. They're able to come off all these other things. Yeah. You know, that, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster when you're depressed and you're using stimulants to try and keep going right and let's be real there's an agenda out there to emasculate men to drop testosterone levels to make sure that men are unimpressive to make sure that they're not strong that they're not capable that they're not competent 
uh, because they make better drones and worker bees yeah. that way. Well, and if you're part of that agenda, they're going to push that, right? So a lot of sure. people will will go along with that. And here's the thing too. Here's a here's a really by the way that's why you're seeing many of these so so you know they're social media they're they're castrating children right now or giving them hormone blockers they're to people that yeah. that uh, have an identity issue, but they're not offering testosterone to boys that say don't feel man enough or they, you know, they've got a testosterone, you know, they're like, I want to be more muscular. I'm not happy with the way, I, you know, they're not offering that 14, 15 year old boy testosterone. But if that 14, 15 year old boy goes and says, I, I feel more like a girl. Oh, well, here's your puberty blockers, you know? Right. Um, and your estrogen. I mean, it, it, and your estrogen will give you estrogen and puberty blockers. But if you're a boy and you don't you don't think you have enough muscle mass, you'd like to be a little more muscular. We're, we're sure as heck not going to give you testosterone. So it's, it's really it's really wild. It, it, it makes no logical sense. It's it, it betrays the fact that it's an agenda. So yeah. if you like our content, please like share. Yeah, because this ain't getting pushed out there. Anybody we're getting we're going to get punished in the algorithm for saying the things that we've said. Uh, and we really believe it very strongly. And we know you, if you're listening to us, you almost certainly do as well. Uh, Jim asks, um, does a uh, having a vasectomy affect testosterone production? Um, if I recall correctly, it does not. Um, and I think I would know because men, I don't think men would be signing up for these if, if it did. So uh, it does it does not, Jim, because it's not. But this is what actually gives me a little bit of pause with vasectomies. So when you give someone, a man a vasectomy, you just disconnect the connection between his sperm coming out of his balls and going through the, the shaft and out into the world. And so instead the, the sperm get ejaculated, so to speak into the scrotum. And then your immune system basically comes in and mops it up as if it was like, you know, an accident on aisle 12 in the grocery store. An invader. And I, I just, I just, that makes me, that I just, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't know why it makes me uncomfortable. But, but if you've had one, I, I definitely wouldn't stress about it. I think I wouldn't stress okay. about it. I don't you're going to be, you're going to be okay. You just, but I, I just can't help but wonder, you know, what, what is, you know, you know, this, somebody's going to take this as a clip of you saying shaft I hope and so. all that. It's going to be looped. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Stillman talking about but, shaft. You know, it's like, there's a real, here's the, here's, here's why I say this, right? When we Ugh. study the, the effects of surgeries, drugs, whatever, the people who have a vested interest in doing it are going to try and study it for as short a time as possible. Not the period of time that you're going to live with it. And right. if you can't prove that it's dangerous within that window, <clears throat> then no one's going to stop you. So like cell phones are a great example of this, right? Let's say that, you know, if we study cell phones and cell phone use over a 30 year period, we pick up huge amounts of medical problems as a result of cell phone use. Well, you'll notice that the cell phone um, uh, papers, studies, they tend to be five to 10 years. And they and, tend to be on adult adults of larger yes, body no, mass. Not kids. You know, so and a 220 so pound dude who's like 50, you know, who's fully myelinated in his brain is going to have a yeah. totally different side effect right. than say a 13 year old. And so, you know, these things are not studied this way uh, for a reason. And you got to understand, nobody makes any money if they find out that a procedure has a long-term effect that's bad. 
until it's until it's so bad that it's beyond obvious that's what I, I what I say about the epidemiologists is they figure out how bad things are when the bodies are stacked so high and so deep that nobody can pretend that they're not there anymore. And that's why if you're trusting epidemiological studies to inform your view of the world and what's safe and what's good and what's bad, you are going to be 10 to 20 years behind the literature at best. You might be two generations behind the literature. People who are actually in the trenches seeing patients, coaching clients, they're the ones who know what actually works. Right. They're the ones who know what's actually bad for you. I was actually um, listening to a podcast. There was a group of doctors. It was, it was Jay Campbell's. Uh, yeah. His round doctor's table. Round table. Yeah. Yeah. And they were talking about how a lot of the studies with testosterone are based off me electronic medical records. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's and they're so like, bad. how do you, how do you deem any conclusion from that? There's no context of anything. No context, no context. And this is why modern medicine is is just crumbling. It's I would say it's sinking like the Titanic. It's this big, impressive edifice to human arrogance. And you know, the more people jump off the ship, the more they realize it was really not serving them well at all, and it was only leading them to a bad place. Well, and they're doing everything they can to make sure there's no other ships or lifeboats. That's exactly right. And that's so, why. And, and that's one of the reasons we have a coaching program is to create a lifeboat for you. Yes. So. Right. I think that's enough for today, Jim. What do you think? I think so too. Make sure you guys get outside today. Have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed my foggy, humid uh, screenshot. I mean, it's, Jim loves the low production value. Well, you know, it's, it's very authentic. authentic. It's a very authentic, but it's very yeah, humid here, as you can see by my camera. And we we live. We we yeah. We we. Uh, if you're we, watching on like uh, on Apple or listening on Apple Play or Spotify, my my camera it looks like I'm in like a like a steam shower. <laughs> and it, <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like a steam shower out here. Right, right. So well, you'll have be a in great Nicaragua day. soon with like zero percent humidity. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah. I mean, it's we got the breeze from the ocean too, but we had a big storm roll through last night, so that's why it's so muggy. So, have yourself a great day, guys. Sign up for our newsletter. We'll see you tomorrow morning.